Hello, everyone in the whole wild, wild, wild world. And welcome to another episode of Verified Podcast. I am your host, Vera Franco. I'm a possibility management trainer and coach. And I am every second week of each month, the second and fourth Tuesday of each month, I am hosting a live conversation that with a topic that we filter, that a whole group of people filter through the context of radical responsibility using the tools and distinctions of possibility management. I do it live in a Zoom call and the recording is completely raw, unedited, unfiltered, so you get what was really happening. So there's no special effects or um, other than the ones brought in by the souls that inhabit the space. So today is August the 9th, and I am sitting in a space with three colleagues. And we have um, from Seattle, we have Phyllis, uh, right now in Mexico, Sky, and uh, in Switzerland, Yudis, which I said her name badly again, Yudis, and she's a possibility management trainer and coach and a colleague. Actually, all three of these people are colleagues of mine. So you want to be part of this podcast, please get in contact with me through my website, verafranco.org, or my Facebook, Instagram account. My handle is Vera Luisa Franco, and I'll give you the link, the free link, Zoom link to get in. This time, I'm I'm going to talk. We're going to actually approach the topic of boundaries. Boundaries, you know, like there's so many people out there, especially in social media, and saying a lot of things about boundaries. And so why? Why is it important uh, right now to be talking about boundaries in the verified podcast and especially in this bigger theme in the series that we've been doing since since May around sexuality? Well, even last week, I was in a possibility village lab in Poland, a really, really wonderful possibility lab in Poland with 46 people. We were just a really big village and at some point, one of our one of the processes that was held was is a process that we call the frying pan. The frying pan is a space where there are two space holders, usually a man and a woman, and they're sitting across from each other, and then sitting um, in orthogonally to them, also on a chair, would be two chairs, two empty chairs, and around these four people sitting at the center of the room would be a circle, a circle of the village. This is the frying pan. And it means that everyone who's in the circle is a participant. That means that anyone can, from the circle, from your village, from your organization, community, say, sit on, like, can say, I'm going to sit on the chair and I want to talk to Frank. Or, or even someone can say, hey, I want you know, Maria and Frank to sit on the chair and have that conversation that they've been avoiding. And so it's not, and, and the people would sit, they're invited. And that's, um, 
the the space is to mediate an adult conversation for connection, for intimacy, for relation, for relating in an adult or even uh, archetypal level. And so one of these, um, in one of these processes, we saw um, the whole village saw a, a couple and the couple was a man and a woman. And on one side, we had this uh, woman who was so angry and and they were, and she was pregnant. They were about to have a baby. And the woman was so angry that the man was exchanging sexual energy with people or was fantasizing about uh, women or had this, um, yeah, had this big anger that her partner was, you know, wanting, even wanting to have sex with other women, wanting to, to maybe also that they would have different sexual partners and and she didn't want that she she was angry and she didn't want it and she didn't even want him to continue to ask because what she experienced it she said no and then he would insist and so this would be a source of a big uh, deep anger about it and on another side we had this man who had had asked said that he's okay he's okay with um her partner saying no but kept on doing uh experiments of ex um exchanging exchanging sexual energy and kept on asking what about now you know what about now if we do this in this way what about now if we do this in this way and he would um bring into this context of why he wanted to do this 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 kind of thought where which was well i am a man and men feel sexuality in a different way as women and basically it's it's kind of part of the it's a natural part of them and and something that he doesn't want to close off and it's it's almost it, the way that he was speak, speaking came from this almost with the it's my birthright to have multiple sexual partners and and so there was a huge conflict there. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm not going to really tell what happened between them, but this is such a common and such a, a deep and big topic. And I'm using it in sexuality because it's that's really the mm, a little bit of the series that we've been doing, but this goes beyond. This goes beyond. And I'm using this example because it was a clear example about boundaries and what misunderstanding people have about boundaries. So on one hand, there was there was an, uh, like a request, uh, an intimacy offer made. Can can I have sex with other women? And the that invitation was declined. I said, you can do what you want. If you do that, I'll break up with you. And, and the man basically said, okay, then I won't do it. But then he couldn't, or he wouldn't, or he didn't, he wasn't really okay with it. And so he kept on doing it in other ways. And, and the woman kept on trying to control the man by putting boundaries. You will not do this. I, I, 
I'm taking a stand for you to not do this. And so this is one of the most common ways that I see boundaries being used to control the other person, to control the behavior of other people. And it's very much connected with an expectation. If, I, if we make an agreement, if I make a boundary, I have an expectation that you will fulfill it, that you will meet it, that you will respect it. And if you don't, then you're not a good human being. You are not uh, a good partner. And, um, and then I get to hate you or I get to punish you or I get to take revenge on you. And so this is not at all what boundaries are. In this case, there's a lot of stuff going on and with this couple, which there would be a lot of stuff going on with most couples. In this situation about sexuality and man and woman, in the way that I see it, there was a lot of patriarchy going on, a lot of patriarchal thoughtware, both in the man and in the woman. The, the patriarchy uh, thoughtware of the men is, it's my given right to have to like to to have sex um, with multiple women. Women and men are like this, and women are not. And so this is um, also this kind of the way that he was using, uh, and though a lot of men use sexual energy and sexuality is in patriarchy is about consuming. It's about having a certain experience with a woman. I want to feel this woman. I want to take her. I want to do this with her and I want to I want to feel what it's like to be sexual with this woman and most men don't realize how patriarchal this is they think it's just really lovely that there's a why not it's just like if she wants to and I want to why is it patriarchal well the the thing here about the patriarchy part is this it's it's not so much about consent you know great that you have consent do whatever you want is the part of being uh trying to get somewhere i'm gonna i'm gonna get a certain experience i want to see what it's like to taste it's it's not exactly only objectifying the woman or the human being like women also do this with men but it's trying to get something from them like an experience uh a result uh and in when of course, no human being wants to feel like, um, or no adult, initiated adult human being wants to be felt like they're a tool to get somewhere. They're, they're a means. Besides all these kind of beliefs about men are like this and women are like this, this was where most patriarchal thought were ones. And but the women also had patriarchal thought where one of them is you should be of a certain way. In fact, both of them were having this conversation. This the woman and men do this too, but in this case, it was woman that was basically had an idea of what their partner should be. And instead of accepting the crashing of her fantasy about who her partner was she kept using her anger and her expectations to try to make the partner change so this is a, what a lot of women i see a lot of women do and it's a, a patriarchal way to interact in the world 
using manipulation to get their way. This is how you know how a lot of women have managed to survive in patriarchy, where you know hundreds of years, maybe even thousands of years, women's movements, bodies are controlled. And so, how can they? How can they escape that control? And so, I'm going to go into the part of the boundary. Boundaries, I've discovered or researched tend to be one of these things that people put in place first to punish. You know, and that's what people see. It's like with parents, you do this, this is the consequence. You're going to, you, you are, you know, this is the consequence, meaning actually this is the punishment. This is the, the, the reaction that you're going to get if the child does a certain behavior. You cannot do this. And the child does a certain, the behavior that they cannot do. And then, bam, then there's there's the punishment. You're, you don't go out or you don't use your tablet or whatever it is. You like, take away your toys. And, and when the child is growing up, this is not really clarified what is really going on. And because also the parents have not gone through initiatory processes that they can hold clearly the distinction between boundaries and punishment. And so, but actually, you know, boundaries are have nothing to do with the behavior of the other person, have nothing to do with where they are, what steps they need to do. Uh, it's nothing about changing them. And when it's used to change them, it's a completely, completely different game. It's a game of control, of aggression, manipulation, or revenge. And so what is a boundary? A boundary is it's what it's the clarity of what you are allowing or you are not allowing in your space. And a lot of people have boundaries and they don't know that they have certain boundaries until their boundaries are crossed. And so when that boundary is crossed, we get an energetic um, reaction. There's a clear, no, this was not okay. There's emotional uh, response as well. And this is different from, uh, my boundary was, was crossed is different from that person acted in a way that I didn't like. And it takes a path to distinguish the two. So for example, that, this person said this and this to me, and I don't want that. I don't like that. And it's it's a very different thing than the boundary of what I am allowing in my space. Because you are you are the person, like if you're if you're taking care of your own boundaries, you are the only person that that is responsible for your space. You are the only person that is responsible for your for your own personal space and the spaces that you take a stand for. When you make another person responsible, like they need to change their behavior so that you have whatever space, um, whatever space you want, then you're trying to manipulate them. This is not making a boundary. So how do you establish actual healthy boundaries? 
or whatever, not even healthy boundaries, because health is also a set of, of thought where that culturally is different from personal personality to personality. One thing is healthy, one thing is not. But how do you make conscious boundaries? How do you consciously see what is it that I am allowing in my life and what I am not allowing in my life? And the, the most accurate measure is to see what is happening in your life. It's not what you think it is. It's what you are actually, in fact, accepting. Are you having arguments every day with your partner? You are allowing that in your life. Are you uh, not speaking up when uh, you're, when something, when, when, I don't know, like a, your, your boss shouts at you, you're allowing your boss to shout at you. And so I, I had this clear realization recently when I thought that with my, with, with the man that I was, uh, going on intimacy journeys with my ex-partner, I had this, this thought where I had this belief that, gosh, if I am interacting with another human being, I have to accept that they have an underworld. I have to accept that they will have some reactivity, that they will have a gremlin. Underworld and gremlin is basically, the underworld is the part the impossibility management that we call the the world that is serving shadow principles like revenge or competition or um, being right or wrong, superiority, arrogance, inferiority, all of these things, hatred. So these are principles, also forces of nature that can be in a space. And the underworld is all this part of ourselves that is completely serving uh, scarcity. It's completely serving uh, these kind of revenge motivations. Okay. And gremlin is basically a part of ourselves that is committed to nonlinearity, but nonlinearity could be conscious or unconscious. And gremlin doesn't really care about that. So gremlin is kind of having like one of these Aladdin geniuses. It's not a good guy or a bad guy. It's just a source of power. And mostly your gremlin has been serving your underworld, has been protecting, protecting that underworld. And so here I was with my partner thinking, if I'm going to have a relationship with this guy, I need to accept that they have an underworld. I need to accept that I have an underworld, that I have a gremlin, that they have a gremlin, and that that shit will happen. You know, that sometimes he will say things that are, I don't know, that, that are not okay with him, that are abusive, or that he will step my my line like my boundary because we all have underworlds so i thought that i was just doing something called accepting and so i every now and then i would have an, a big argument like a big explosion in my space of relating and i didn't know what to do i was like okay i'm trying to be understanding i'm trying to be um you know understanding that there's a path and he's on his healing path and transformation. I'm on my healing path of transformation, but this is really not okay with me, but I have to be understanding. So it was kind of like a dead end. I didn't know what to do. Turns out that I wasn't, I wasn't just accepting. I was allowing. 
I had somewhere along the lines blurred the distinction between accepting an underworld and allowing underworld. Accepting underworld means that, okay, this person has an underworld. This person has a gremlin. I have an underworld. I have a gremlin. I am not perfect. He is not perfect. And it ends there. Allowing would be he has an underworld and all of that. And I, I let it happen in my space. I let it happen in the, in the space of relating. And so it is possible to say, yes, this person, my friend, my sister, my husband, my wife has this horrible pattern of, I don't know, shouting at me when they don't understand something and I'm really not okay with this. So I don't allow it to happen. When, when, if I have any inkling that it, this is happening, I stop the whole thing. I stop completely communication. I leave the house. I tell them, you know, I ask them to leave. I stop. I have no way of relating to this person when they're like that. And I did not do this. I did not say, no, no more. And if you do this, I leave. Which was what what this woman in the Polish lab was doing. She was saying, you have to stop exchanging sexual energy with someone. And if you don't, I leave. But it wasn't a real boundary because she wouldn't leave. So, and I think a lot of us know about this. And like, we think we have a boundary and we're like, oh, you do this or I'll leave or it's over, but it's not over. Like you, you will not stand behind that statement. And so it's not a boundary. It's something that you wish you would take a stand for because boundaries have consequences. And the boundary has nothing to do with that person's, you know, it has nothing to do with that other, my, my partner's reactivity. It has only to do with my space my whatever well-being or space of relating transforming my my creative power it only has to do with me and so the big difference between stating a boundary you know having a boundary it will be results if you have a boundary your life will change if you have a boundary and and that is really real that means you live that way you live as a person who does not allow whatever xyz to happen in your life that does not allow abuse to happen in your life that does not allow theft or lying um, to happen in your life that means that you are so taking a stand that you will leave the relationship entirely that you will leave you know that you will take a stand that your life will dramatically change and this is why Boundaries have nothing, really nothing to do with the other person. And when they have to do with the other person, it's just manipulation. And it's actually what's happening is a, a kind of codependent, you know, codependent pattern. It's a child ego state relating to another child gremlin ego state about where, where the two people or more have, have parts and the child 
parts of them, the child ego state and the gremlin ego state have complete vested interest for things to stay the same. They don't want, they want the other to change. Like if I, they want the other person to change without them changing their own lives first. And that that's a, a child demand. You do it, you change for me. And the gremlin part is, is the part of, um, of keeping allowing it to happen, keeping allowing it because the gremlin feeds, the gremlin feeds off of all of this low drama, all of these um, arguments, all of this abuse. So when you know that you're having these low drama and abuse in your life, one, your, your gremlin is definitely wanting this to happen. And your gremlin is a part of your being. It's a facet of your being. Okay. So one, you are wanting it to happen. So you need to go figure out which part is wanting it to happen and why, and how can you relate to that part of you differently? And so for that, there's a thing called gremlin transformation, which is a life path of connecting to your gremlin. And then second is who do you really want to become that you don't allow this in your life? And what are you willing to do to get there? And there are very practical steps. So I just spoke for a really long time about this, but I want to, I want to hear from you. And if you have questions too, because this, all this, this thing about boundaries, you know, it could be in the partners exchanging sexual energy or they didn't communicate or the could be could be anything could be on the physical level on emotional energetic so the space is open so just because i set a boundary or i re make a request doesn't mean that the other person is going to choose to change. And so at that point, I have to decide if I want to continue the friendship or the relationship and... Or the space or, or just the interaction. You, know, you don't right. have to throw the whole thing out for mm -hmm. that moment. But if the person keeps being a person who acts in a certain way that is, doesn't really support your space, then why would you allow it? Well, we all have those parts of ourselves and they are going to come out in relationship, any relationship. And if I got rid of each interaction that I have, then I'm going to be left alone <laughs> and I've got my own shit too. So it's, it just seems like there's this intolerance level that's really high and that, you know, love is also about accepting parts. I mean, it's one thing if I only set boundaries that are way up here and then I can see walking away. And everyday boundaries, they're going to happen. And so a person may choose not to change. And so then I have to weigh whether 
all the other qualities that I get in this friendship that I appreciate in this friendship if I want to let go of it. So would you give me an example? Because for me, I think there's a, not a confusion, but there's a kind of mixed lines, like blurred lines between boundaries and negotiating intimacy. Okay. <laughs> I have one friend, close friend, who interrupts all the time. And so it's hard to get, when I say all the time, I don't mean that. <laughs> but probably 70% of the time. And it's not just with me, it's with other people too. And I've spoken, I've, I've made requests on several occasions and it's not changing. Yes. So I can choose. So, so the way that I handle it is after is, is by saying, do you realize that you just interrupted me again? But in, in a way, can, can I interrupt you? Yeah. Okay. In this way, you are still trying to control him when you say, do you realize you interrupted me? Because has he made an agreement? Has that person made an agreement with you to not interrupt you? Yes. Okay. So then. I, I mean, an agreement. Yes. In not, I will never interrupt you again. It's not that. It's not like that. It's like, um, let me know when I'm interrupting you. Okay. Okay. So then that you have an the agreement, agreement that you let you let them know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then, and then he hasn't. He's still. That's the agreement. The agreement that he is interrupting you, and then that you tell him. So, you're having exactly what you negotiated <laughs> for. <laughs> yeah. Right? Change. I guess so. Yeah. You know, though, that's the thing. This, you know, there's there's things in our lives that it's not. It's it's people are. People are varied. They're going to all have a box. They all have a gremlin. All of this, like you said, you know, and, and you need to, to realize what is a boundary and what is not. If someone irritates you because, you know, they interrupt you, having making a boundary, making a boundary that he cannot interrupt you, that you will not allow anyone in your life to interrupt you will make your life really small. Yeah. Yeah. And so... To, to to start realizing that that boundaries are this kind of these these uh what do you call it like these foundational things these foundational parts in your relating of what you, what the kind of things that you're allowing in your life and and it's true you can you can also stop hanging out with the person that when you have no space or very little space to speak if you tried and tried and it doesn't work just find someone else and and this the 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 thing about boundary is that when you take a stand for it it's not just it's not really about them it's about i what i'm taking a stand is for people around me to give space to each other and it's it says that boundary that says i don't want to be interrupted it says i'm taking a stand for people to have space for each other 
And that means I'm going to find those people. No, it's boundaries is not to push people away, is to, to have clarity about what it is, the yes that you have. And so a lot of people, you know, if you, you've, if you have high boundaries, I have super high boundaries, super high standards. What I don't do is hide myself in a room waiting for other people to meet my standards. I become the standard. I am an example. And, and the, the people, the people who, who just look at me and go like, gosh, this woman is fierce and they speak in a different way. And they, they said to that other person, like, hold on, let the other person speak. I want to hear them. And, and I want to be like, I'm going to be in their team. These people start coming because it's not, I'm not using boundaries to, to, to push or to control or to change anybody. I'm using my boundaries to be the magnet of the kind of culture that I am taking a stand for. And so that's the difference. One thing is negotiating intimacy and you will get what you will get. And another thing is boundaries are what is the culture that you're taking a stand for and you become the culture. Does that make sense, Phyllis? It's like a difference. It makes sense. And like you said, it also can make your, can, can make my life very small. If you make it about changing others. But if my boundaries are so high that people can't meet them, then it's my life is going to be small. Only if you don't go find the people. You know, if 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 you, I I find the people. Mm -hmm. I find the people. I, I interact with a lot of people. I create spaces, and this is what I mean with what is the culture that I'm taking a stand for. Because there's, you know, 7 billion people in the planet. I, it would be an insanity to believe that there's no one on the planet who, with whom I could have a conversation with. It's just so insane. And so it's in, in that way, it's like, if it's, it's this kind of thinking. And I'm really glad that you're putting it, that you're um, expressing it is a thinking from usually our gremlin or our child ego state to convince us to not keep that boundary. And I had the same thing. If I don't accept this from my partner, I, I will lose him. I, I will have no way of relating to him. And it's, it's whenever you have, whenever everybody has this kind of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, black, white, like super polarized. I can either do this or I can never do that. When you can have these, these thoughts coming in your head, you know for sure that is gremlin talking. Well, yeah. except when there are so many other qualities that are wonderful. And so it's, you know, it's about making choices, it seems to me, that if my standards are so high then i'm it's going to be difficult very difficult to find people to match those standards again that's uh, depends on what you put your standards <laughs> for depends on your purpose because you can put your standards up so that people get barred and that's a very um, convenient way to keep that story 
but there is a whole world, 7 billion people. And I mean, I don't know what standards you're talking about. You're saying that a person has only, they can only speak the same words as I do. You know, that's, I don't know what standards you're talking about. I'm, I'm, but it, I'm talking about real, authentic standards. Okay, not, not ideals of people. There's also a difference of standards and ideals. And and I want to give the the space a little bit to Yurgis because yeah. she was felt like she was itching in the in the, her seat. No, no, no. I just um, you were just speaking out the words which were coming in the same time to to me. So just that. And I yeah. felt joy that you just would exactly say what I would say to you. Okay. An example of synchronicity. Yes, exactly. And I I think that the the distinction between setting a boundary and negotiating intimacy is surely one key always in the consciousness of and that's where well, that's just the next distinction of controlling and the other person or manipulating and wanting to change the other person so what i also wrote down is um the key of the radical responsibility for my space mm -hmm. Yeah. And um and if I'm taking the radical responsibility for my space is probably the key of it's a kind of dying which is necessary for that. Mm. And through that dying, I can become the culture I want to be, or the space I want to be, because I know for what I am going to die, for what I'm taking the radical responsibility. So, Yurdis, would you would you say what what do you mean by dying? What parts would need to die for the Yes, for the, the audience parts, the parts which which die are basically child ego and and adult ego and all these parts of righteousness of gremlin so yeah all the parts who play righteousness in the different ways and i think mm -hmm. that's parent ego child ego, gremlin ego, all of them are right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And immediately and, and immediately start negotiating and bringing good reasons for not for not taking the full responsibility for what I want to take stand for. Mm -hmm. Yes. Go ahead. 
feel it's really that what dies is the old life. And so it's really extremely dangerous to do that. And so I also want to bring this because when I'm talking or we're talking about these boundaries, I'm not giving, my intention is not to give like a, a formula. It's not like, okay, you should do this and you should do that. You know, the, this isn't, you know, negotiate this, uh, do a boundary like that. Um, the, whatever you choose, it's like as, as, as Yerdes was bringing into the space, what prevails in any action or inaction that you do is purpose. What prevails is purpose. Are you saying, I will not do this and it's to control another person? Are you saying, I will not do, do this and it's to take a stand, it's to take responsibility? So purpose and possibility management is only two things. Conscious purpose and unconscious purpose. And unconscious purpose has nothing to do with not being aware or like it doesn't have anything to do with the psychology of like subconsciousness. Unconscious purpose means that it's designed to avoid responsibility. Conscious purpose means that it's designed to take responsibility. And those two, it's two worlds apart. There is no gray area. It's either you either are orienting yourself to take responsibility or you're orienting yourself to avoid responsibility. And none, none of these are good. None is better than the other. None is worse. They can both do experiments. They will lead you to different countries. It's like paths that go to different, entirely different planets. And so to start sniffing, one of the, the, the main, main, um, talents to develop in any kind of interaction is something that in possibility management we call purpose sniffing. Sniffing other people's purpose of what they said, why they said the thing that they said, but mainly to sniff your own purpose. So this person interrupted and is, I'm angry and I'm angry that they interrupted me. Okay. Is my anger and what I'm doing next, is it because I'm right, because I want to be right, or I want them to be wrong, or I want them to change, or they should not be doing that if they are good communicators, and I want them to be good communicators, and so they should change. All of this is unconscious purpose. All of this is unconscious purpose. I want to get what I want. All of this is unconscious purpose. So what would be conscious purpose in an interaction when within a person that, that for example, is interrupting you? What, what, what would be something, what would be an orientation or a way to go that wouldn't be about changing the other? Well, one thing is, become unhookable have no expectation if the person is going to interrupt or not shift the conversation as soon as they interrupt you to another thing for example another one would be totally ignore it 
and, and continue to have the conversation. Touch their arm and say, hey, I really want to tell you this. If they start, when they start breathing to interrupt you, you say, hold on, like, I want to finish. That's it. And you, you don't make it a thing. For example, you don't make it a thing because your purpose is not to teach him about, about interrupting. Your purpose is not to change him. Your purpose is to say the thing that you wanted to say. And that's how you, you see the purpose. You get it? If you stand in the clarity of purpose of what kind of connection that you are wanting to establish, as soon as you get hooked by something that they did or they didn't do, you're no longer in the conscious purpose. You're in your reactivity of how things should be and they're not. And so it's it's really, really subtle. It's really, really subtle. And it takes years of practice of looking at the purpose. Gosh, I'm I'm so hooked that he interrupted me. I'm so hooked that she talked to me this way. I'm so hooked that he didn't say anything before he left. And as soon as you're hooked, you're not there anymore. I mean, I've learned not to get hooked. I, I don't get hooked anymore by it. It's, it still happens. Okay. And, and I've chosen to take my attention away from it because it didn't change. But you're bringing it here, so I think it, there's a there's a part that is still hooking you, even if you try to like you're hooking like ignoring or numbing is not. What I'm saying is, it's, it's not my preference, mm -hmm. and it's something that I accept that I've grown to accept in this person. And and okay, and so what would be the question about boundaries? Well, when you were first talking, it was all about leaving. You know, it was all about, um, it, at least it felt to me that it was, it was taking care of yourself so that, and looking for the people who, who don't interrupt me. Okay. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. And so I was, I was having a little bit of a, um, that didn't make as good sense to me. So I was, that's why I was questioning it yeah. and, and wanting more information. And so. Well, it sounds like you don't have a boundary about interrupting. And I also don't have a boundary about interrupting. I, I don't, you know, if I did there, my life would be different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my life would be very different. And this is what I was also meaning with the with the Polish couple where uh, with um where the woman was trying to use boundaries to control the other person instead of really having really seeing what 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 kind of culture am I really living in which is the the real boundaries that I have what is it the culture that I'm taking actually a stand for and, say, mm -hmm. and, and and letting the illusion crash to say, yeah. gosh, I am taking a stand 
for a culture of women controlling men, of me wanting him to be my perfect fantasy of a man. And this is what I'm taking a stand for. This is what I'm creating in the world and feel the pain of it and really feel, wow, I'm, I'm a controller. I'm trying to mother them or I, I don't want a partner. I want a play toy that can take care of me to really, to really go to the deep of the, of the purpose of that control. And then only then in feeling that pain, can that person go, whoa, that's a horrible, miserable life. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a stand no more doing this kind of control. And, the, and then learning what that means, learning what that means in reality, in practical terms. And that might mean not being with a man. Could be that, you know, actually, you know what? It cannot be you. It's you're doing this thing and it's completely incompatible with where I'm going in my life. Or it could be also, okay, I'm I'm continuing to relating to you and I I want to work on this thing with you. And that means making some, I don't know, some practices, some healing, some 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 things like that. Which is exactly that is again um negotiating intimacy. Exactly. Exactly. Because if you only use and and it's great that boundaries are the first things to be to be learned because this is like it's the it's the it's our ground it's basically it's our ground rules and if we don't have these this ground we don't have clarity we don't have distinction we we walk in the world as if anything could happen and we're victims of things and so to be clear the, the boundaries are like it's the bottom line is the things that Without this, I, I, I don't, I'm not in relation with you. I'm not here. I'm not here for this. I'm really, I will walk away. And I know people who have super high standards and have, they're connected with a lot of people. For example, a colleague of mine once was in a cafe where we were in a rest, restaurant eating, about six or seven of us. And we're ordering food, da, da, da. And the, the waiter, the waitress came and delivered the food to our tables. And I think one of the people, or maybe even two of the people in the table, didn't look to the to the waitress and said, thank you. They just ignored it, did something else. And that person, a colleague of mine, that he said, I want to be in a table where if someone delivers food to you, you look at them and appreciate them because I don't live in a in a a world. I don't live in a culture where people are just your slaves. They're human beings. So if this is going to continue to happen, I leave right now. I'm not going to have lunch with you. And that's it. And then to be able to take that stand and so in such a real way, not because it's wrong what they did. It's not because it's wrong at all. It's not because they, they now need to change in order to be, uh, you know, someone better. No, but it's to say, I will only stand with people in this way. 
this is the stand that I take. And so, and, and it's a super high standard. I, I've never seen anyone take that, that stand. And, and people took this invitation and, and did it. And it changed a few people's lives, even just that sentence. And so, and this is, is just the basic, the basic of what is the basic of the culture that I want to live in? What am I not tolerating? What am I tolerating? Okay. And it's not, and, and, and for this, for this, one needs to really know what is a reaction that I'm having and what is an adult stand. That is the, that is the real distinction of the pers purpose sniffer. I don't like this. Okay. Who doesn't like it? Is it my box, my habits, my personality, or is it this, that it really undermines everything that I'm building right here? And that's where, you know, you have a boundary and that's really the basics. But this is, this is just, a, it's like, it's walls, it's walls, it's, it's, it's scaffolding, but negotiating intimacy, that's dancing. That's, that's dancing with someone is saying, I really want to talk to you right now. And for me to talk to you, I have so something really important to say. I want you to hold this clock, hold this watch and only speak after this, after five minutes have stopped. Do you want to do this? And it means taking the time to hold space for the other person to be in that, to, to accept. And if they don't accept, they don't accept. But it, that there, is a, there is a commitment to relating, to staying in contact. And it's not just, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this. And, and that is very different. It, it, it takes so much more skill to do intimacy negotiation. It takes a real clarity of purpose of which ego state is doing the speaking, which ego state is doing the wanting, to even know what is the purpose before you touch someone, before you even have an invitation for them. And this is something that most people don't even think about. They just like, I have an impulse. I just want to follow the impulse. Well, with what purpose? Is it my gremlin? my child. And so to, to really start self-observing. Setting that boundary at the table was not negotiating. That was a boundary. That was why I was saying it's, it's the basic, it's the basic scaffolding is saying, I will leave. I don't, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's saying, you know, I want to live in, in Greece instead of living in the United States. It's, there's no, nothing, it's not to, no one's going to Greece to go, it's not a move to Greece to say, United States, you need to change if you want me back. It's not, it's not that. It's, it's saying, this is what I want. I, I want to live, this is what I want in my space. Are you with me? Whoever's not, they're not. Fine. They can still coexist. There can still be love. There will just be a different kind of interaction. Like, I will not sit at the table with you. And, and it doesn't need to make life small because in a way, in this case, life was much more richer after this boundary. And it's because it matches what the person is trying to build. 
It's not some kind of fantasy. I should be this person. No, it, it, it is intimately connected with reality, with what is right now. What is really right now? Who is the person that is doing the relating? I think it's important to shine light on the non-negotiable aspect of boundaries. Like it's essentially, imagine the shape of you mm -hmm. and you making the declaration that my shape as of this moment is changing. I have a new shape and there's absolutely no way for the universe to exist other than to, sh to change its shape around mm -hmm. me because this is my declaration. Mm -hmm. It's very different from wanting to create or co-create something. So it's, it's, it's essentially this baseline of like, this is, this is how I declare the reality to be. There's no other way. There's absolutely no other way. This is how it is. This is how it is for me. And these are the consequences that I'm willing to execute if that is not so. So the consequences can be anything. I think leaving the universe in which something is happening that cannot exist in, uni in your universe is just one kind of consequence. But however, yes, there's, yes. There's, there's levels. There's levels of it's up to the person to declare what the consequences are. Yeah. However, I think this non-negotiable aspect around boundaries is, is essentially the baseline. It's like, yes. this is how it is in my universe. If what's happening is not that, that means I'm in the wrong universe. So I'm just... I will adjust, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And what also spoke to me as I was uh, kind of undertaking my journey with, with boundaries is that it's sort of the level one technology, meaning that it's the baseline where we have to work this stuff so that we learn where our baseline is. Mm -hmm. However, however, down the road, it's it's essentially like a building a brick wall in a way in front of us. It's like, this is how it is. However, down the line, we can start disassembling those walls break by break to start bringing more of a clarity in each moment, whether it's yes or no, yes or no, yes or no, as opposed to just making a blanket statement of this is how it is and will never be different. So it's just something for later, but perhaps to consider is that once we are well-grounded in our way of making boundaries, we can then start to reopen back into the flexibility in each and every now from moment to moment to moment to moment and simply making yes or no distinctions on the spot which will there they can be also boundaries so it's the thing is that there's there's phases of boundary work you know one is this like no you know and and, and this is this is how people learned to make boundaries is that they try to control other people or try to control their environment by using boundaries. I don't want this to happen. So I will take a stand for making it happen. I will, I will leave if this is happening. That's how they can do it. Like the, the basic stuff, I will leave. And it's in a way 
it comes first as a safety. Like I want to be in a space that I'm, that is, that has safety, that no one's going to attack me. Uh, people are going to uh, hear me. Uh, I, I, I can leave if I want to like it. And so it's, it's to, there's a certain like ground of, of safety, but then if it's only associated with that safety, then, then the boundaries stay like this, stay like walls like this, like you said, Sky. There's there's actually another phase of working with boundaries, which is the, what are you taking a stand for? And so the, that way, boundaries are not so much as walls, but they're they're like platforms. This is the thing that I'm building. I'm going to be there. If you don't want to be there, that's fine. But and but this is where I'm meeting this in this platform or in this path or in this 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 meeting space. And so if there it has it it's still non-negotiable. It's saying I'm yeah, I'm not going to go kill someone in the war. I'm not going to belong to any military if there is a draft I will go. I will not, you know, like I will leave the country. This just being, it's it's a it's a non-negotiable clarity about what culture am I taking a stand for, and so it's not really a wall, but but it needs to go. People need to learn how to feel and how to use their anger, not so just to defend, which is phase one, but also to create, to say this is what I take a stand, and then as you said then there's so much more after boundaries after you have the platform after you have the the ground to dance to negotiate and and that you can use distinctions yes no yes if you know yes i will i will meet with you on friday if i can you know if if you help me with this thing or or yes and uh, we need to both pass by this place before because i have this i i, I made this commitment that i don't want to stop and and there it's a whole different set a whole different set of skills because it, it's still we need to leave behind we need to leave behind the the way of negotiating with no's i don't want that i don't want that i don't want that and to start going what do i want which is also phase two of, of, of relating. It's like, what do I want right now? Not what I think I want. What do I want right now? Okay. And, and so making proposals, negotiating proposals, making pr proposals, not something grand, you know, just something really real right now. And in terms of sexuality, for example, so many, I think women and men, but I, I know that a lot of women relate to to relationship and sexuality through images, through fantasies, through pictures of wanting to have a certain kind of experience. Like, I don't know, have, have the women, do the women here, have you ever experienced that? That it's like relating to a man in, in a relationship or even in sexually, it's, it's like a, you want to, there's there's a kind of image of what it would look like. There's an image of, of success, an image of a relating or sexual experience that would make me feel like this or that, yeah? Because I grew, I grew up like that. And I know a lot of women that I held space for has this 
It's almost like a taste that we we once tasted and we want that taste again. And and I don't know how, if men have this too. I know that if there's a lot of pornography, it just really brands a certain kind of method and like certain kind of way in, in men's psyche and brains. But what I'm saying is that for, for it to be a real intimacy negotiation, there needs to be a lot of self-observation and seeing, okay, is this coming from my fantasy? Is this coming from my expectation? Is this coming from my child ego state need? And if it is, it's not wrong. It's just not really real. It's just not really authentic. It's not from right now. And so to, to slowly peel off and crash all of these illusions until the invitations are, are just really from the now, and they can be really simple as, will you be in silence with me for just two minutes? And then that's it. And then that was it. That was like exquisite intimacy. And, and then there's another opportunity two minutes later, there's a completely different thing. Will you go, you know, to Vietnam with me? And, and then the two people don't even need to know how. But they they can still go, yes. And next year, or and, and then this it starts the fun part of negotiation. So we're coming to a close. It's been a very fast paced uh, for my for, for what I've experienced today in in the space, uh, and I think that there's so much more to talk about about boundaries. But I think we covered some basic ground. I would wish that some some people in the world of possibility management write more articles about boundaries, because um, still a lot of misconception about using boundaries. So I'm glad that I got to explore, explore this with you. And and also, you know, maybe in the future, we can also have a conversation about expectations, expectations, and because that's also very much connecting with uh, intimacy and how actually it, it totally prevents negotiating intimacy. And that's, but that's how most people have learned to negotiate intimacy is by having expectations to control the other person. Is there any final words, comments, or questions from you before we go? Well, I just appreciate the... Go ahead, Yerdis. You're, you're yeah. Um, thank you very much for bringing it up because these things these distinctions are really powerful. And certainly to be clear how fine the lines are between the one and the other. And they, that the key for the distinction is always the purpose behind that. So, Yes. And that this really leads me from the old map to the new map or from certain possibilities to completely different possibilities. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Yernis. It touches me a lot. Thank mm -hmm. you.
Phyllis, you have something you wanted to it, say? It, um, I appreciate the conversation. It uh, gives me a lot of food for thought, for more than thought, a lot of food for action. Experiments, let, let, that's a better word for experiments, yeah. So what experiment are you gonna do, Phyllis? With I it? don't know yet. Okay. Um, it hasn't come to me yet. Well then my proposal, because I really also like finishing with a, a, a proposal for an experiment is what is the culture that you want to live in? In terms of, let's say we're talking about sexuality, what is the culture? But you can, you know, if you don't want to use sexuality, it could also be relating with a man or relating with a human being. What is the culture that I'm taking a stand for? And this is what is actually, you know, not the thing that you would wish, but the thing that is actually happening. And then another column with what is the culture that I want to move to, move towards. And then you see that there will be a path from where you are right now to where you possibly can go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so maybe the experiment is just about creating, is writing that down, getting more clarity about it. Yeah, because in a way you live that clarity every day with every action and an interaction. So it's really about distilling that thank you well thank you everyone for this this time together and the next our next um, verified date will be on the 23rd of august at 5 p.m uh, central european summer time which is germany time zone and I wish you all amazing luck for your experiments and hope to see you in a few weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.